back to Butter with That. We have a big night for you guys because all the stars are out. Uh-huh. The red carpets are all. Oh my gosh. We're talking about all of our favorite movies of 2019, our favorite actors, our favorite everything about cinema in 2019. I feel so glammed up already, wow. Connor. Thanks for setting the scene. The Martinelli's has been opened. <laughs> the PBR has been cracked, and we are ready to get started. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. <laughs> Uh, this is our Butter Without Awards extravaganza. We had so much fun doing it last year that we figured, why not do it again? That's right. We can uh, get fixed with all these Oscar mistakes before they happen. Oh, my God. Especially with the Golden Globes just happening. Yeah, got to clean that shit. I didn't yeah. watch it all. Was there any big drama about who didn't get what? Or I saw Netflix only got one, even though they got like 34 nominations. It was all, I feel like they picked a bunch of stuff that was like, okay. Like, that's fine. You know, like, it w- It was, like, all kind of middling. Not but the like, choices I'd have made, but whatever. Tarantino got way too many. And he was so smug about it. Mm. Fuck mm. off. Mm. Mm. No. And Brad, Brad Pitt was very good in that movie. So I was, like, fine. I have good. nothing but to say about Brad Pitt. Fair, <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Um, before we get started with our awards extravaganza, huh. we have... A secret Santa to do. Right. Holidays kind of got away with us this year, so we're still catching up. Yeah. We did. So instead of our own little breakout episode, we thought that we would just do it right now on the air. How should we decide who goes first? Oh, that's a good mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. We should have planned this out. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> um, uh, the order which you, the first letter of the first uh, order which how about birthdays? <laughs> My birthday is in two we- two weeks. <laughs> We'll uh, go birthdays throughout the year, first to last. Okay. Well, then that's me. Uh, yeah, it's you. <laughs> well, my secret Santa was Tori Patel. Oh! oh, my gosh. Look at it. It's wrapped. And there's like, should I do like a thing before the other? Or? Um, do the top one. Okay, great. Oh. Unwrapping. So this wrapping is beautiful. It's like a gray Frankel, background Frankel. with <laughs> some Santa hats on it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Whoa, Okay. There's a little white package. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is a two-parter. <laughs> it's reaching in. <gasps> oh, my God. Ah, I love these. They're so great. Okay, so they're Heather's pens. Oh, uh, cool. So the first one is Chaos is What Killed the Dinosaurs, Darling. <laughs> little T-Rex. Uh, and then the other says, Fuck Me Gently with a Chainsaw. Yay, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> these are amazing. I'm so excited. Yay. Good, fine. Our uh, theme for Secret Santa was picking movies that we picked over the past year. Yes. Right. To be inspiration right. for gifts. Okay. Then this one's a little bigger. Ah, okay. Oh god, I get, what is this? Oh my goodness! Wow! <gasps> Ooh, wow. That's so nice. Okay, so this Whoa. is like an amazing the thing poster, Connor. Wow. These are both beautiful gifts. Yay. I feel very spoiled. Oh my god! Aww. That's Thank so you. nice. <laughs> I love it. Merry Christmas, everybody! I know, this Merry is awesome. Christmas. I saw those because uh, I was typing Heather's in and I saw those pins. And I was like, they're amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited. Garrett has never seen the Heather's, so oh. it's going to be very fun to make him watch that. Yeah. Um, I think I'm next. And I had Christine. <gasps> Yay! Um, Christine, it is not really wrapped. Oh but my gosh. Here you are. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited. All right, here it goes. I'm opening. <gasps> Oh my god, I was like, is this what I think it could be? Okay, so this is a, the most beautiful, special oh my god. Um, paper, like, 
like dollhouse, Santa's dollhouse. And this has a special uh, story to it. Sam, would you like to tell the special story to <laughs> it's, it? It's a replica of the Christmas house I made in French class, including Harry Potter in the fireplace, <laughs> Jesus showering, and a snowman angrily <laughs> pointing at him. However, Christine, there are parts that I added in here specifically for you. Special editions. The, yes. the, the side part is just for you. Snowplow Man, the oh. Truman, the Truman Show. Show. Yes. Oh. Um, you got some noodles on the table there for shoplifters. <laughs> oh my God! It's like it's yeah, like walking noodles. through a School of Rock drum set in the oh. attic. So, so this cute. is the mo- This is such a special little scene that is set. It's Christmas. It's all of the movies that I love. Um, there's Santa a, showering is amazing. I, you know what? Yeah. I mean, it really is the weirdest thing. Uh, the Blade Runner picture, it was the enhance moment. I tried to draw oh that. Yes! Oh, excellent. Yeah, this is, that's amazing. This is amazing. That's so good. The red present. Wait, the wagon from... <laughs> the meat's cut off. The squeaky wagon from Meek's cut off is in the living room. Oh, my God. The red this present is... from XX. Oh my God! Whoa. This is amazing. Really it. Um, wow. it didn't. It it cost me only love. Oh and my four God! Hours. No, this is so <laughs> special. Oh, thank you so much, Sam. I am. You're just, welcome. I am just oh, honored to receive this. I showed it to a friend, and they said, "Oh, wow, that's really great for you to do in third grade." He thought that I drew that in third grade. What a bastard. Um, what no. an asshole. I, this should, like, some of the, these details should go up on the butter with that yeah. Instagram because the rendering of the polar bear, like, there are some things that are Gorgeous. super hard to draw. Yeah. And the polar bear, everything is Yeah, amazing. but the stick figure Harry Potter in the <laughs> Oh, my God. Like Snowman pointing. Blue, it's uh, blue powder. powder. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. You bet. You, you know I don't oh play. Goodness. Some real shit. Uh, <laughs> Drawing the, the snowplow, uh, that broke me, truly. And this was inspired by something you did in French class yep. years ago? Uh-huh. I talked about it on an episode, and Christine was like, I need it. Well, so it <laughs> here you go. I made it for you. Amazing. Oh, my God. I can't wait to look in this at uh, this with more detail. Thank you so much, Sam. You're welcome. Oh. oh so yes. Good one. Very good one. Yay. <laughs> 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 We've lost Christine for the rest Sorry. of the episode. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to participate in this episode. All right, who's next? Uh, January and then February birthday. I'm July. I think it's you. I'm November. Oh, okay. Wait, I'm October. Okay. Well, uh, I didn't wrap it. I am. I do apologize. And also, um, it's kind of like a, a little bit like giving a gift without batteries, <laughs> which I apologize for. <laughs> Uh, I had misunderstood the description because I looked it up and it described it as a pillowcase slash pillow. So I thought to myself, oh, great. I'm getting a pillow with the appropriate pillowcase. What I got was a pillowcase. No pillow? No pillow. (laughs) (laughs) But I will find a pillow, the appropriate size, and I will follow it up with that, even though this is well after the fact. My apologies. But I did get this for Connor. And this is for him is uh, because, uh, you know, he brought us uh, Jurassic Park this year. Oh, my God. So <gasps> oh, that is... Oh, yeah. oh, my 
god. Oh hey, Jeff Goldblum. Oh my god. Oh, oh the butterfly. The butterfly. The detail is gorgeous. Is Would you like to describe uh, this pillowcase? So it is from Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park as he is you injured. Know the shot. Shirt open <laughs> and heaving, <laughs> breathing heavily, and there is a butterfly. On his fingers. His and he is chest on is a glistening. Cliffside overlooking the sea, I think. Or maybe it's a, a valley. A green oh patch. my God. This that is will go very nicely best. as opposed to, uh, you know, now we both have a Jeff Goldblum pillow because I, I do have one here in the room oh. as well. Matching pillow. Yeah. So cute. Thank you so much, oh Dave. I God. love it. Yes, I will find a pillow sometime. <laughs> in the meantime, enjoy this strange canvas object that has Jeff Goldblum <laughs> half naked on it. That's this is perfect. There's so much. I have a Jeff Goldblum shower curtain, and it's like, where do all of yeah. these things come from? I My sister met up. him at like a Comic Con thing, and she had a Jeff Goldblum shirt Whoa. on too, and she did. Yeah. Just like broke the. Aww, thank good. you, Dave. Sure. I love it. <laughs> oh, sweet. I have a Nicolas Jesus. Cage transition pillow. You know the like the beat like. Mm-hmm. The yeah, yeah. Oh, your movie pillows. The movie pillow. And now yep. I have another movie pillow. <laughs> Christmas just uh, uh, finds a way. <laughs> Thanks, Santa. <laughs> yeah. oh, wonderful. Very nice. <laughs> Poor me, Jesus. Um, <laughs> so I guess that I am next. Oh, where did I put it? Put it. Oh, there we go. Great. Here it is. Uh, and mine is for Sam. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna... I couldn't figure I... out if it was like really corny or really sweet. So oh my we'll god! See. No matter what it is, I'm gonna love it. Oh my goodness. There was only one movie I could pick. So. Oh my god! I love it so much. Okay. It's oh a bracelet, and it says, "I'm with you to the end of the line." Thank oh. you so much. I'm wear it right now. Oh Yay. my god. I mean, it's perfect. Thank okay, you. great. <laughs> Very good. Oh, so cute. That's not showing. Attempted photo. Let's try that again. Three, two, one. <laughs> Be sure to check out our Instagram for all our photos. Yes, Ooh, yes, yes. Yay, I love this. Oh, yay. boy. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, last one. Dave, this is for you. Uh. <laughs> the uh, the wrapping is part of the theme. Oh, I think I or okay. part of the present. <laughs> so we have um, sort of a, a flesh gray. Or, uh, <laughs> a, a fleshy, uh, that is a brown paper bag. <laughs> I, I assume it's because of it being thematic, and then sort of a reddish, uh, you know, uh, tissue inside. Um, let's have a look at what it is. It also has um, a nice shoelace um, wrapping, which is good because I can always use more shoelace. There you go. Mm. <laughs> and so inside we have. Oh my god. I'm like stressed. Wait. So I think there's several things. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, part of it's not. First your and real foremost. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So inside of the red wrapping, there's a whole bunch of ketchup, a bunch of ketchup packets. <laughs> So those are... I will not reveal my ketchup source. <laughs> those are sort of nestled in the uh, the, the red wrapping. Uh, in, in the other part, as I'm pulling this out, this is... Whoa! Ah, there will be blood mug. Oh my oh, god, look at I... this. That's so cool. So uh, it's got the title. It's got uh, good old Daniel Day-Lewis's name on it. It's a nice, cool graphic design. Mm, ah. Very cool. And in uh, the blood to go in it as well. And you know what? We are out of ketchup, so thank you. There you go. <laughs> I'm oh, a ketchup man. My secret That's ketchup so perfect. Stash. Thank you. 
Oh, uh, and my favorite cup, movie to boot. <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm not telling. I'm not sharing. Well, cheers. With my new, with my new mug. Thank Want you. Some Martinelli's you can drink in it? the ketchup straight from the mug now. <laughs> ew. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ew, ew. What he always wanted. <laughs> I needed to know. <laughs> That's like a condition of the Christmas gift. You're just like, yeah, go ahead and pour it in. Just Do it. Do it. <laughs> well, thank you. Ketchup. Tori, the stars are blue and red. I know. <gasps> oh. I love it. Wow. Yo. Secret Santa. <laughs> oh, I know. So much cheering in the air. Aw, we like each Are other and sure? stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just get distracted the whole uh, episode. As I was drawing it, I was laughing. <laughs> I was like, what was wrong with me? <laughs> Although I still think it's funny. I have to say, it's the amazing. snowman pointing at Jesus showering. I really... I don't know what was wrong with me, but like, um, that will probably be the first T-shirt merchandise that we have. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, our poster. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. I need to get focus. My head in the game. Thank you so much, everybody. Yay. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Oh, we are the f- best. What? What? I said we are the best. Oh, we, are I said the best. we are the, the best. best. <laughs> well, beer's fine, but we're the best. <laughs> Oh, you guys ready to get some awards started? Oh, yes. Yeah. So we have eight categories this year. Um, and I believe we just had seven. I think we, we added VFX. Yeah. We replaced best story with best script. Uh, and we added best cinematography, I think, this year. Oh, as well, we did right? best cinematography yeah. as Wait, well. We? we did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. You say so. <laughs> it's all just going to go for Little Women, isn't it, Sam? You don't know. All eight. You don't know. Hey, I deserve it, you know. All right. So for our first category, we have best performance. It's <gasps> a big one. Uh, so these are, you know, any movie that came out in 2019 is fair game for any of these categories. Who oh would like to go first? Connor, why don't you go uh-huh. first since you've got I'll the... go first. Um, so for this year, I tried to... Um, Evenly distribute movies that I loved throughout different categories. Mm-hmm. It's hard, isn't it? Uh, it's really hard. Um, I only have one that one movie that shares two categories, and you'll see why. Okay. Uh, so for best performance, I have it shared uh, between uh, Caitlin Dever and Beanie Feldstein for Booksmart. Oh uh, yeah, that's oh. such a great. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. which I got to watch the other day. <gasps> Did you Me like too. It? Me too. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was so great. I'm still um, looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah. It's on Hulu now. Oh, mm-hmm. great. Okay. Yeah. Done deal. Um, this was by far one of my favorite movies of the year. Probably the biggest surprise. Uh, our friends uh, Nick and Brittany just invited us to go see it. It's like, mm, I heard good things and then was blown away, floored by how incredible this movie is, driven by these two women, um, Caitlin and Beanie, um, who probably like the best representation of like high school friends that I've seen in a very long time. Mm, yeah. Uh, and just the movie itself feels so fresh, how they, the fights that they have, how they come back together, you know, all of their uh, trials and tribulations going from the final days of high school before graduation and going to college. I've been listening to that soundtrack a lot because the music is really good. Yeah. There's yeah. a great so Spotify enjoyable. playlist. And mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. you could highlight one performance mm-hmm. without the other because they just constantly fed off one another yeah. like th- through the whole movie. They were so funny. <clears throat> um, the scene that they're both introduced in is when one of them goes to pick up the other at their house and then they're like doing this like just awkward like teenager dance in front of their car the car and just like that's just cemented the relationship for the rest of the movie Mm, yeah um so that's my shared i think that they both for me were like the best performances of the year beanie was nominated for a golden globe was she oh cool nice Mm -hmm. 
Should Let's we go next? in order? Like, sure, we can go okay. around the circle. Okay, okay. yeah. Um, I feel like I kept being like, ah, I can't pick just one, but I decided to try to challenge myself to do so, and I feel like this person might be in someone else's list, so we'll see. Um, so for me, I picked uh, Florence Pugh in Midsummer because she was really amazing. Um, I enjoyed Midsummer a lot. Um, I thought it was a really interesting movie that dealt with grief and specifically green, or not green, gaslighting relationships um, in a way that I'd never really seen before and hit very close to home for me. Mm. So um, Florence uh, plays the lead uh, in the film and she's really phenomenal. And um, now she seems to be coming up in like a bunch of stuff lately, including Little Women, which I am dying to. To see I'm she sure she's so she good. She's so good. Um, I think she's adorable and she's like 24 or something too. She's like super young and she's just killing it. Um, but yeah, she I thought was just like such a stellar performance um, in a very similar way that like the lead in The Witch felt for me because um, I feel like those two movies like align a lot um, with themes. So um, yes, Florence, I can't wait to see you in Little Women and other things. <laughs> Her future is bright. Yeah, it is bright. Nice. <clears throat> have, For you, sure. have you seen the memes comparing Midsummer to <laughs> High School Musical? I think it was the second one. No, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> that's so I have to funny. look that up. That's an I will send parallel. those to you. Yeah. Love it. Have any of you guys seen Lady Ma- Lady Macbeth? No. no. With no. her in it, I think it's like from a couple of years ago. Okay. I, I haven't seen it, but I watched uh, some trailers and read some really good things about oh, it. Oh, cool. She's in the outlook. That looks thing. really good. Great job. Um, Christine. Yeah, so I thought this was hard just because I couldn't not think of this person. And I was like, don't do this one. But I was just like, you know what? Just do it because you were so charmed. I picked Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Okay. He was was so good. I was so charmed by his performance. And it really – I picked it because it really – surprised me um he plays this sort of like sad has been western actor and he gives it such like such charm but it, there's some cer- certain scenes that stick out in my mind when he is, comes off set and he's flubbed a bunch of lines and he's he's sitting in his <laughs> trailer and he's just so angry with himself and so sad and he just is like really, really fed up with where his life is right now. And then there's some scenes he shares with another scene stealer, which is this young girl that oh, yeah. um, is starring in the Western with him. And there is it's just so, was so wonderful to see him in this uh, very endearing sort of more comedic role after I feel like a lot of the roles he'd done recently were very intense, possibly kind of overacting mm. in like these intense moves, like The Revenant. It's just like, yeah. Kind of feels like a different character for him too. This and like has been, th- you know, like I haven't really seen him do that and that was cool. It just, it really, it charmed me so much that I was like, you know what, Leo, I, I love you. I'm going to, I'm, I'm giving it to you. And him so. and Brad Pitt are such a good pair. Yes, they, they are, yeah, great. they're definitely a great pair. Um, and Brad Pitt's great. Like, uh, you know, that that movie, I was surprised kind of all around. I, like, don't care much for Tarantino movies, but this one I really thoroughly enjoyed. So, and Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, I'm glad to see you doing your best. Nice. Nice. Um, so for me, this is a tie as well. Um, 
but not people who are in the same movie together. <laughs> um, so the first I picked Lupita Nyong'o for Us. Ooh, yeah. Um, her performance in that was just spectacular. I'm so happy you picked up. Yeah, I mean, she plays, honestly, she plays so many different characters, yeah. more than just the two. And she does it so well. And yeah, the twist at the end, like, they kind of gave it away in the trailer, but like, still, she does such a great job. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And then she's sharing this award with, I had to do it. You know I had to do it. Uh, Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Um, The movie is okay. I think that it doesn't resonate with me because um, I'm not married, I'm not divorced, and I'm also, like, I don't really have experience with divorce, but his performance was just so great. I think everyone else, Laura Dern is also pretty good. Everyone else, like, I could, like, take her or leave it um but he just really knocks it out of the park and like his character is human so he's like not great but he's still good and he genuinely cares about like his family and uh the 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 movie ends with him seeing being alive and we just watched that and it's so good it made me cry so like love you adam driver (laughs) I'm like scared to watch that movie because I am a child of divorce mm-hmm. and my sisters watched it. One of them loved it and one of them hated it. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, wow. oh this will no be pressure. very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It definitely hits different if you've got experience. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Wow. Well, for uh, best performance, um, I, I kind of struggled with this one for a few minutes and then remembered the movies that I'd seen and, and one became a very clear answer. Yeah. And that was uh, also... Um, Sam Lapita Nyong'o um, in Us uh, for uh, the part of Adelaide uh, Wilson and Red. Um, I wrote a little spiel for each of these. So um, my notes on on this were simply that uh, Nyong'o's dual performances in Us set a professional standard early on into 2019. Um, She is in equal parts relatable and grounded as uh, Adelaide, as well as completely unnerving and unpredictable as the enigmatic Red. Uh, playing each role with pitch-perfect execution. Um, between her work in Star Wars, Black Panther, and now Us, she's clearly an actor whose star is destined to continue rising. So that, yeah, that my thoughts on, mm-hmm. on best uh, best performance, because she really brought a, a real gravity and a real grounding um, pathos and uh, and depth to each individual character that she played in, in simultaneous roles in that film. Um, so I thought that it really stood out and was really worth noting. Man, I'm shocked. I didn't pick someone for my split because I thought you were going to pick them. Mm. I assumed it was going to be Defoe in the lighthouse. I thought about yeah. it. I thought about <clears> it. <throat> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Are we going to do runners up or runner ups? Because best I, I had a I had Florence Pugh in my oh, runner cool. up. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Midsommar. Um, and when I finished Marriage Story, Adam Driver, I was like, that's got to be mm-hmm. a performance of the year. That's mm. so good. I have an honorable mention. Which is Kit Harrington for playing Jon Snow for however long. Um, Game of Thrones really disappointed me this year. And I mean, it just had been disappointing me. But, you know, he's someone that I think just took it all so seriously and was really heartbroken when it was over. And I know that he's like really struggled since. So mm-hmm. um, I just want to acknowledge the fact that like you did Jon Snow justice and I'm sorry for what they did to you. Mm. Oh, Game of Thrones. Yep. Good riddance, but also sad. Yeah. Um,. Speaking of Game of Thrones, on to Best Use of Music. Mm. It's our next category. How does that relate to Game of Thrones? Uh, with the theme song. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was Thrones, trying to build connections. There's, there's some good scoring and stuff. I was just curious. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Ramanin Diwali. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I did not pick Game of Thrones for my best use of music. Uh, I chose a movie that really surprised me, um, and that was Blinded by the Light. Oh, the, I heard that um, was good. Bruce Springsteen movie, uh, or movie about, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Pakistani kid in the 1980s in England. It's kind of like impoverished town who discovers the music of Bruce Springsteen. Um, and you don't even have to be somebody who knows Bruce Springsteen outside of just like generally who he is to understand the struggle of like, you know, growing up in like an impoverished town and like not agreeing with your parents and you want to do one thing and your you know, parents want you to do something else and finding music is your outlet in order to like how you can express yourself. Uh, the movie does really cool, like visual illusion things with like text and projections that are seemingly like real on set, like real projectors. I watched a double feature of Blinded by the Light and Yesterday when hmm. I was on an airplane. Yesterday, not that great. After that, I watched Blinded by the Light and I was like, wow, this is like what a movie using music can be. Hmm. Um, so highly recommend Blinded by the Light. I really haven't stopped thinking about it and I've listened to a lot of Bruce Springsteen over the past couple weeks. So it's been a movie that has definitely stuck with me. Hey, the boss is, is all right in my book, so welcome aboard. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I love Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Nebraska was one of the first albums I remember like fully listening to. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> also, the fact that like you watched a movie on an airplane and like that ended up in like some of your like best, yeah, which that's is like cool. just kind of cool. Yeah. Because like I've watched stuff on airplanes and it's like usually fun and fine, but like you know it's hard to be impactful in that situation. Right. Um, I had a hard time picking one uh, for best use of music, um, and I ended up going with a movie that. Uh, is on Shutter, I believe, that we saw called Knife and Heart. Okay. Um, which came out. It may have like technically been like finished in 2018 and like actually was like available to watch this year, but um, Knife and Heart's like a French giallo movie, basically. So like okay. giallo, like uh, right. like the Italian slashers and stuff. Um, so this, um, the score is done by M83, um, who I oh, love. They're amazing. <laughs> anyway, yeah. who they're like really talented and great. Um, but the score for this is like really cool and if you like watch like Italian giallo movies like Dario Argento and stuff there's always crazy scores in them and that's like a really hard thing to pull off in this day and age um and that really added to this feeling like a really well done modern day like Italian slasher that's totally wild like did they did they kind of like adapt their sound to like a horror aesthetic or like minor keys and stuff for it or was it like yeah oh I gotta check that out that sounds awesome I love that band so that's gotta be very Um, cool yeah they did they've done other soundtracks too I think they did the soundtrack for like that Will Smith Oblivion movie or something really Um, so it's like kind of interesting Um, I I love M83 they also have an album that all the music just sounds like music that you'd hear in like video games, which I was really into. So yeah, they're very yeah, good. They're great. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my, uh, mine was kind of best use of sound slash music. Um, I picked, uh, the lighthouse actually. Um, mm. it, the guy who wrote the score, Mark Co Carvin, Co- did I write this right? Corvin. Um, he also wrote the score for the witch, uh, and there's some like very minimal kind of like string sounds, but for the most part, it's like sound design. Uh, Damien Volp, Volp, Damien did, Volpe, Volpe did Spoiler the sound alert. design. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. Um, <laughs> I like. I think from like the sound of like the 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 waves, the seagulls, uh, everything kind of creates this tension building. Um, at times cacophony, and at times just like very eerie, spooky sounds. Uh, and then that that horn is just so mm. beautiful. That just is like going. Mm. It's so so beautiful. So I thought that kind of struck Dave me as like his horn for this. Dave hit the horn. I've seen it so many times. <laughs> so yeah, I, that that I think was my pick for for sounds. I thought yeah, nice. just really well done. Um, so this is another category where I have a tie. I'm so sorry. I promise they're all okay, not like okay. this. Um, but I picked them for two entirely different reasons. So the first first part is going to go to Alan Silvestri for Endgame. I think that the score he created was just so emotional and moving. I think like after the movie came out, I listened to it and I just like wept for like at least two weeks. There's two songs in particular that like really have stuck with me. One is the Portals. Um, that's when like all the heroes are coming back. It's just like emotional. I think of Spider-Man. I'm like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> and then... The last one is just what they showed through the credits. It's called like End on Main. And it is just the celebration of a decade's worth of movies. And then it like, and it, it's so beautiful and you can see like all the people being acknowledged. But then at the very end, you can tell when they showed like the, the original six and like, you know, for whatever those movies are like they were really impactful and meaningful to me so like to think about that it's just like i remember like walking to the train and just going like (laughs) my neighbor's (laughs) thinking i'm like unstable which true um so that wins for that also like the the sound effects that um endgame uses are just incredible like specifically the gauntlet noise when they've got all the infinity stones like that's great um but this splits with john williams for star wars if you think about anything iconic like what's the most iconic like score and like most notable song and it's the star wars one um all of it that and and not just for rise of skywalker because like that movie doesn't deserve it um but it's for like the whole franchise. There is some cool stuff with that in Rise of the Skywalker, uh, which I don't want to like get into. Does he have like, like variations yeah, on the theme? Um, there's a song that's never been played in the movie before that is played in the movie. That's like like in the story that's, oh. that's going on. It's yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, I also really the Rise of Skywalker made me realize how much I like Ray's theme. Which like, theme is very comes a lot. Good. I don't remember that being in The Last Jedi a lot. Also, did you um, guys know that um, apparently John Williams has worked on a lot of the new recent Star Wars music with his son? Mm-hmm. Um, his son oh, cool. was one of the members of Toto. Yeah. What? No way. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. You just made Star Wars better. Like what? <laughs> what? Son is one. Of, uh, John Williams' son, John Williams, who brought us, of course, uh, the Star Wars theme, Indiana Jones theme, countless uh, historic Harry Potter, uh, Harry Potter uh, Jurassic Park, countless, countless cinema scores. His son's in Toto. There needs to who be a Toto Star Wars crossover. Right yeah, holds the, the reins. reins and what up? Crazy, right? What a fan. So good. Wow, mind blown. Like, I just imagine they sing to each other every word at Thanksgiving. <laughs> and it's all beautiful. All perfect. Wow, yeah. holy shit. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Dave with the fun facts. Yeah. Well, speaking of crazy stuff, 
Uh, I like Christine. Uh, chose uh, chose the lighthouse. Now I did this on a condition. Uh, I did actually think, and it did win um, the Golden Globe for best original score. I think the score for Joker is amazing. Oh no, no, the and she yeah the she did win. Joker won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a beautiful score. It's just like um, it's led largely by like um, uh, this uh, I think Scandinavian uh, cellist composer. Um, and it's, it's really beautiful, but the film is also like there, oh God, mm. I have a lot of reasons that I, I, I dislike Joker, but in particular, one of them is like a sonic shift from like a big impactful scene being brought in with that, um, the sort of like that football anthem of just like the Hey song, like mm. as at what is like a transformative character moment and then blends back into this beautiful score in a way that like totally undervalues it and ruins it. Mm. So I couldn't give it to that, even though I wanted to, because that score is amazing. Mm. Um, but it's just ruined by the poor choices of that movie, which I could go on and on about. But at any rate, <laughs> the one that I did give the award to was, uh, was the lighthouse and be not because of, uh, music, but more more because of its use of sound, I guess. Um, Damien Volpe, as we've discussed, is a sound designer, and the sound design in this film creates a striking atmosphere of claustrophobia and calamity. Uh, it's in turns as quiet as the grave, but also as thunderous as a sea squall. Sonic panning, fully work, and the shrill, booming score of the film, which meld together into a character all their own, bringing an already intense film to its ghastliest heights. So I think it's, it's really... Um, a pretty easy a pretty easy answer this year seeing it in theaters uh, multiple times it became apparent how much attention was paid to the sound design so i i think hand over fist definitely would go to the lighthouse for me if not only for use of sound and there's some sea shanties in there yep and all the creaking the rain yeah the... and i can imagine in isolation like you're you're like it in, would intensify the sound of like a seagull or wave like mm. sure. seagulls play like a super pivotal like role in the movie and as i'm sure you all went into oh, we, already <laughs> yeah we covered it it's like when i um, left my house today after being off for two weeks and i was like ah noise <laughs> <laughs> i do have a runner-up as well for sound oh, okay. and it's uh us actually oh uh, yeah the music. oh yeah uh, the bunny scenes, the music yeah. in the bunny scenes. Oh. I thought so good. that was another movie that I was watching and I was like, the, these, this music plays such an intense part of like why some mm. of these shots and why some of these scenes are, are so gripping and, uh, and intense. Yeah. And the use of uh, Beach Boys when Elizabeth Moss family mm. is mm. getting um, just as short so like, good. Ophelia, call the, you know, play the police. Or no, not the Beach Boys not there. Oh no, they played earlier in that scene and then the police right yeah plays later so like the use so of good. just like music use in of it, music and score. scores yeah and i've got five on it that song's yeah. great so yeah. good yeah oh yeah in the car when mm -hmm. yeah. song's about drugs no it's not <laughs> <laughs> and how they use that in the trailer is great oh too. with like and... a minor key it's, yeah it's so good mm -hmm. yeah and Ugh. a great song we don't deserve you... jordan peele no <laughs> mm. no mm -mm. all right let's move on to best script um, last year, this was our best story category, but we figured we'd change it this year to maybe focus on original screenplay or adapted screenplay. Uh, and my choice for best script was Knives Out by Ryan oh, Johnson. Oh, yeah. cool. Really? Good choice. Um, yeah, that movie, you know, I was, this was one of the harder ones for me to kind of pick. Uh, but at the end of the day, I was really surprised with Knives Out and just 
the idea of, well, I don't want to spoil it, but how they do the whodunit aspect of it, I thought was incredibly clever. Mm-hmm. It's really different. Yeah. It is different. Yeah. Without spoiling anything, yeah, it's, it's unique. And I think the Daniel Craig, um, everybody who's in the film just really shines brightly. Um, and yeah, just, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. Script is sometimes a hard thing to talk about, but this movie yeah. just really, I felt like took me on a journey and I felt like really taken care of the entire way. And like everything was so thoroughly crafted, blending with the direction and the cinematography and the performances. I think Knives Out really just came together pretty spectacularly. And apparently they're going to make more with Daniel Craig kind of being the detective. <gasps> oh, really? He's that's such great. a good detective. He's so good. Mm-hmm. He is great in it. Oh, that's so good I'm to hear. I'm very excited to see his last Bond and then watch any other weird thing he decides to do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after seeing Logan Lucky a couple weeks ago when he's just like a weird southerner. Oh my god, I also watched Logan Lucky. He's also like apparently <laughs> just really ready to be done with Bond, which makes me feel like he's just gonna yeah. do the weirdest mm-hmm. shit when he's not Bond anymore. Which is like, why'd you have to come back? Like, just like, let it yeah. oh, go. Being the I next Robert Eggers movie. Yeah. That'd be wild. I'd be into it. Um, this one is one that I did too because I had trouble picking one uh, for this. Uh, one of them f- for me was The Lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> um, because I, I think about like the the conversations they have in that movie as well as uh the monologues that are given um and garrett was listening to a podcast this morning and uh, i was reminded that like william defoe tries to give a monologue while dirt is being thrown in his face oh my god and it's just like everything about that is like so amazing to me so that was like one for sure and then the other goes to a movie i saw at the film festival uh called blow the man down uh which was um, directed by two first-time like female directors, Daniel Crudy and uh, Bridget Savage Cole. Uh, Blow the Man Down was like a weird crime drama that felt like a Coen Brothers movie, but it starred women mostly. Um, nice. Takes place in like a New England fishing town, um, so they're like weirdly similar with some of that, which maybe is why I was like drawn to some of the the script. And um, but there are, again season scenes in that movies where like the characters are interacting with each other and like delivering these really interesting lines and I just like think about that movie a lot too. Um so yeah, those are my two. Is that available online anywhere yet or I don't know when it will be available, but I can look that up. Um do they have a release date? Oh. It said it was it was released April twenty sixth, twenty nineteen. So um Possibly it's something you can find like on um, some streaming service. Yeah. Christine. Yeah. um, So my pick for best story or um, screenplay is a movie I actually watched last week. Um, Food Fight? Oh my God. How did you guess? So, guys, this story, I really. Um, It didn't come out in 2019, Dave. Has everything I wanted in a movie. Um, No, it was not Food Fight. Uh, It was a movie that is actually, you can watch it on Netflix. Um, It's called Atlantics, or in French, Atlantique. And it's. um, It. I picked this movie for two categories because this movie was so beautiful and really blew me away it's uh by a director named maddie diop who's a french senegalese uh and it's a it's it's part love story it's been described as like ghost story detective story uh it's just about a woman or a, a young woman ada uh who already is in love um with a um 
with a boy Suleiman who, but like who works building this huge uh, skyscraper on this coastal town in Senegal. But she's arranged to be married to this other guy, and it's about her trying to figure out how to get out of this marriage that she really doesn't want to be a in, like a part of, um, and to follow her heart and be with the one she loves. But then this happens early on; it's not a spoiler. Suleiman disappears, um, and the t- Ter- about a third of the way through the movie takes a real tonal and narrative shift um, and turns into somewhat of a detective story figuring out what happened to Suleiman and uh, a bunch of other young men that he disappears with and gets into a ghost story into sort of this like mystical tone and narrative where women in the town are basically um, trying to search for these young men but also be sort of like surrogate advocates for like this you know and i'm not going to give everything away there's a lot going on uh, there's there. so much going on it's so beautiful i highly recommend it it's on netflix you can watch it um and it just combines so many different types of tones and storylines and it's it's really really well uh shot and well acted so that's my that's that movie yeah nice nice cool um so guess what I split this up into original screenplay and then adaptation. So for original screenplay, Booksmart, I just watched that a couple weeks ago, and I really liked it. It was very funny. I really could relate to some of the characters, and it was just overall a good time. Um, And for adaptation, I did The King. I really enjoyed that film a lot. It's based off of, like, all the Henrys that Shakespeare wrote, and sometimes those get really boring, especially, like, when you have so many different versions but like i thought this was really well done and the boys in it timothee crouton uh timothee and he did a a spectacular job nice sweet great well that brings me to uh, i guess a uh, best uh, best script which i i considered it more best script than best story because i i tend to pay attention more to like screenplay structure and like um written dialogue and so on and how it functions in terms of advancing the story um so that in that sense uh, made it pretty easy it was uh the lighthouse on which i had these notes uh edgar's screenplay soars to cinematic heights as he continues to toy with self-imposed limitations uh the reduction of available information to visual cues in lieu of writing only two characters both of whom are unreliable narrators creates a delicately balanced tension without reliance on exposition uh, additionally, his trademark dedication to of-era regionally specific dialect remains as captivating and researched as ever, with several ranting monologues to stay with the viewer long after the credits roll. Um, so for me, uh, yeah, it was hand over fist. Uh, as far as a script and screenplay, uh, uh, a captivating story of only two characters steeped in of-era dialogue, uh, it would have to hand it over to Eggers for The Lighthouse. Right on. Uh, anybody have any kind of runners up they wanted to mention? Mm-mm. I thought about Parasite. Yeah. I thought Parasite that was, was a cool. fantastic screenplay. Parasite's cool though to think about when like there are just certain words that keep getting brought up in that movie and like terms they keep using. Yeah. Like they keep going like, "Oh, it's so metaphorical," yeah. and I like yeah. loved it yeah. every time they threw that out. It was so funny. Did you guys see him at the Golden Globes? The slam dunk he mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. He's so funny. He's awesome. Yeah, he said if you can get over the one inch barrier of subtitles, then you can like you know, so many amazing movies are in front of you now. 
Did hmm. you hear what he said about what's his name? Todd Phillips. He's the guy that no. did Joker, yeah. right? Uh, they were on a say? panel together, and um, Todd Phillips said something like, "Oh yeah, I've been like you know chain smoking like since I was like." 15 or something and Bon Juno was like and you look like it <laughs> <laughs> boom roasted <laughs> oh nice so good uh, he's great uh, speaking of boom roasted oh I thought you said boom hosted and I was like oh I get it like the host yeah <laughs> boom hosted I gotta see that oh, that's that's good. I have to see that too I know at one of the theaters they're doing some of his movies like right mm-hmm. now, um, I think they're doing um, Snowpiercer. I forget what else, but that'd be cool to see on the big screen. Hey, yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. I saw it. Did Me I ever, on the big screen? Yeah, I, yeah. I went to see. It. There was only one theater playing it in Williamsport. I fucking drove to Williamsport to see Snowpiercer. That's what I do for you, yeah, Chris Evans. I saw it in like Bucks Boy, County or something. Episode, yeah, yeah. My friend and I, we were. In, I was in college, writing at the time, writing PA, and we were thinking of driving there, but we, we never did. This mm-hmm. discussion happened in that episode. Probably. Okay, yeah, I'm remembering this now. <laughs> um. For our final category for our two-parter, we wow. have the worst movie and TV Ooh. of or oh, TV shit of the year. <laughs> oh shit! Ugh. What a category! This is I a hard love one. This one. This was the easiest one for me to pick. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, my first choice was Dark Phoenix. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that garbage. Oh, yeah, I my see it. second choice was Aladdin. Oh, yeah. I also didn't see if that. If I wanted to be edgy, I was going to pick Rise of Skywalker. Ooh. Oh, how but visually, know? but visually, that movie is redeemed. Sonically, that movie's redeemed. There's, Hold on, I'm trying to write these stuff. down. How many do no, you? Have? No, 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 uh, no. This is. I'm just taking you through my thought process. Oh, okay. That's fair. No, but SP, I feel like this category also acknowledges things that have had so much buildup and that just let yeah. us down so much. That actually ties into why I chose extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Uh, the Ted oh my god, Bundy I movie. almost thought about that because it was very, oh, very bad. That's what I picked. That's what you picked too. <laughs> um the idea of Ted of Zach Efron playing Ted Bundy, I think this movie could have either done two directions. Mm-hmm. Gory as all hell, yes. Zach Efron just taking it to the next level, or having it be from the perspective of his wife. The movie tries to have a little bit of both, tries to have Ted Bundy be this rock star, but also like she is such a central focus. And I felt like the movie was so invested in her. I forget her name um, as the wife. And I feel like that would be a really interesting movie of like the wife of a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And so what would a a story look like from her perspective and like having to turn him in that was written like from her her perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the movie just tries to have its cake and eat it too. And there's, I was not really interested in like a glorif like Ted Bundy does not need any more mm-hmm. um, like social space in terms of like this guy was attractive and smart and killed a lot of people. It's one thing for it to be like a true crime fascination in the sense that it is factually interesting and it's an yeah. entirely different thing when it's fetidization. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so sure. this movie definitely dips into that without any of the payoff of like, I don't like at least the Tarantino esque like seeing him do these really horrible things. Um, so I just this movie just was a total just I think utter failure from the get-go yeah I 100% agree I think the only nugget of the movie that I appreciated is when um, his wife and him are in the prison in Florida mm-hmm. and she's like tell me how you killed this girl and I forget how he does it does he like 
he writes it on the he, condensation on the yeah, glass. Yeah, the condensation, and he writes Hacksaw. And, like, okay, like, that, that I appreciated. Like, ooh, and she's, but that was it. And she's mm-hmm. dressed also in orange, which I kind of symbolize she's imprisoned by him. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a great moment. Yeah. That in is what it. you're recommending as worst movie. As worst, okay, one yeah, good enough, moment in what's... Has a great moment. <laughs> yeah, and Jack Efron's hair. And, well, yeah, um... Ted Bundy killed at least 30 children. Like, mm-hmm. well, like, like, it's no one's child, but like young girls. And yeah. this movie showed you that, kind of, but also completely ignored the fact that he really did that. So, yeah. like, fuck off. Fuck off. And, like, I know that this year was special, or last year was special because it was like the how many ever anniversary mm. of his, was it his execution? His execution. Like, just, how about we not? Just fuck off. Also Although does, I did watch all of it, so like I'm part of the problem. Netflix own John Malkovich now too, because he like appeared as the judge at the end of that movie, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are you? Oh, here? and he was in Bird Box. He I was... know. Also, hmm. the judge in that case, like, oh, yeah. oh, the judge at the very end was like, you know what? It's a shame you went down this path, because I could have seen us working together, literally. And the movie and agrees like, with him. I know. The movie, the movie agrees. agrees with him. Uh, Jim Parsons wasted too as like the defense attorney mm, or the prosecutor. Ugh, yeah, just don't yeah, watch it. The movie said there's no yeah. there's no redeeming quality. If you saw the poster where they're at sitting at the confessional window, mm-hmm. you saw the best part of the whole movie. Yeah. There you go. True. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Garrett's very lucky because if we hadn't seen this other movie at the film festival, I would have said Alita Battle Angel because I thought that was absolute garbage. <laughs> um, so I've heard. And I know a lot of people that like that, like, anime, like, really like that. What are you pointing at me for? You I've the- gotten really into one anime series in the past two months. You like the anime? <laughs> no, like, that particular one. Yeah, yeah like, pe- I know, like, there are people that like Alita Battle Angel, and we're like, oh, this did a good job of that. <laughs> I thought it was garbage. But we saw a worse movie at the film festival called The Lodge, uh, which is by the same directors who did Goodnight Mommy, which is... Um, oh, the German movie? Yeah. With, like, oh, fuck. The, her face is oh, that was, and- was okay. Goodnight Mommy I really that liked. Was and I actually recently wrote a piece about like it being one of the best horror of like the decade um and so i like that one a lot and it's the same directors but this is their first english language movie um and it was called the lodge it's about a family that's like it's like two young kids whose moms just died they're with their father and his new girlfriend who like survived a cult when she was very young and she was the only survivor and so they're all trapped in this like hut together and there's a snowstorm and like she maybe starts hallucinating and the kids are trying to fuck with her because their mom just died and they're stuck with this woman they don't know that well and so like there's a lot of weird creepy elements that are in it but like all of it just is garbage and it just feels like nothing is like worth like what like I was like why the fuck am I watching this the whole time I was watching that movie and yeah. it was so frustrating and like everyone I was with was also just like ugh like so I was like great I'm glad like everyone was on the same page and it sounded like it could be cool and then it just fucking sucked so uh, The Lodge very very bad that makes mm. bad movies so much worse when yeah. you're like this you seem Potential, mm-hmm. like you said, Christine. Yeah. Like... And it felt like a ripoff of their own movie. Like, they kept trying to do, like, twisty stuff where I was like, wait, isn't this what you did in that other movie? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Very annoying. Hmm. 
Well, my hand was forced for worst movie because, unfortunately, Bird Box came out in 2018, so I couldn't rail on that movie and how I believe that that was uh, just horrible. (laughs) I hated it so much. Speaking of uh, Netflix, like owning John Malkovich, uh, yeah, what is anybody doing in that that. movie? I don't know. Hey, he's showing up in an HBO property, The New Pope. Okay. Uh, All right. There you go. Oh, there's a new Pope? There's a young Pope? for... uh, well, that's Duke There's Law. Pope yet. It's, a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> uh, okay, so I had to pick, unfortunately, I had to pick Serenity, which I didn't really want to, but I, I had to. It's like when you went to go see The Meg. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I guess I have to watch The Meg last year so I have a bad movie, uh, and I ended up enjoying it so much. Serenity <laughs> was a gem of a bad movie. I can't wait I, to see we it. talked a little bit about it on the podcast. Um, I recommend watching it because it's uh, kind of, as, I think as Dave said, seeing is believing. This is the Matthew McConaughey. This is Matthew McConaughey and Not Matthew to be confused, yeah, with uh, no, no, no. the again, Firefly let's series be clear. Which again, yeah, Christine no. and I had a full-on conversation let's not realizing we were talking about that was be- this I let that happen. This that was beautiful so, to no, no, watch. This is so it. important. I love Serenity, Serenity, the Firefly movie. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I would never turn my Firefly back on that Firefly Serenity movie. is great. Yes, thank you. I need to be picture. clear. This is a very different picture. Yeah. Um, oh, I want to see it so bad. Yeah, it's just a bundle of of <laughs> hilarity and weirdness. Nice. You know what? What gets me with the Ted Bundy movie is that Joe Berlinger did the Ted Bundy tapes, mm-hmm. which I liked. I yeah. yeah, I thought that was like an enjoyable documentary. Is it kind the same of director? Same director, yeah, okay. Joe Berlinger. So I thought that was. Um, since we already discussed that, I'm gonna go with my runner-up, and it's only my runner-up because Christine, we talked about it earlier today, which is the Dead Don't Die. Yeah. Um, oh. oh, I like that movie. Here's what I'll say: Adam Driver watching him with a machete wielding it was fantastic, and there's also like this really cute moment where. Um, so they're about to go out on patrol and Tilda Swinton for some reason comes to the police station. She's so great. She every time she came on screen I laughed. Her I mean, truly was so weird. I mean she really was the best part. Um and um so she asks uh Ronnie, Adam Driver's character, if she can use his car. And he's like, I Yes, and then he gives her his keys, and his keys have like a little keychain of a star destroyer, oh, and she's I like know. Star Aww. Wars, and he goes, yeah, you know, that's like the best part of the movie. That sounds cute. It it was a cute moment, but like honestly, I like it wasn't terrible. This this movie was not terrible. Like my the worst is is that Jim Jarmusch also just like isn't for everyone. He's a very specific filmmaker, but he has done some wonderful movies. Another amazing Jarmusch Adam Driver mm-hmm. uh, collab is Patterson. Yeah. I mean, he was also at the screening I went to and did a Q&A. So like You got some context, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like I don't know. Like I was like I was into it. I, I thought it was good. This was also I had written Dead Don't Die on, down mm. as well cuz it was just a lazy AF movie. Like <laughs> it wasn't I like it wasn't terrible, so I don't think that it deserves this, but I just want to have something to say. Um but I think that it was like trying to be smarter than it actually yeah. Like was, yes, exactly. and I did enjoy the parts where Ronnie was like, "Well, I know how it ends because I read the script." 
and you're like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I, I kind of thought that was funny, and like Bill Murray was actually tolerable, but like ultimately <laughs> everything I wanted to have happen didn't, and I was like, god damn it, this this could have, if it was different, I could have really enjoyed this, and like I'm so over zombie movies, but like this could have got me back, but it just didn't. Pour one out. Mm. Does anybody mm. see one cut of the dead? No. Uh, Garrett ended up saw it like last week and ended up putting it on his like best of. He said it was wonderful. I heard yeah. that was a really great zombie movie. Yeah. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> uh, this was a uh, this was kind of a tough call. I had a lot of candidates. I'm very uh, very picky. Um, of them, I, I I at one point considered Joker, but I think that was only my disdain for what it was versus my expectation. And realistically, it's a better movie than I probably am willing to give it credit for. Instead, I will give it to a movie that I really, really enjoyed but was terrible. And Christine, you and I are of the same ilk on this. It would go to Serenity. Like, watch um, it, right? Like, I oh, would recommend love, watching. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. That is terrible. God, this is the most heartfelt hate I've ever heard. I love it. It's so bad, but it's so, so satisfying. My description has been, um, as plotted out here, is... Stephen Knight's uh, 2019 non-disaster movie, Disaster of a Movie, Serenity, is a train wreck at every turn, but is worth the price of its fare. Uh, from Matthew McConaughey's baffling acting choices to a sophomorically edgelord e <laughs> screenplay, Serenity makes all the wrong moves and is a fun, if not confounding, cinematic cautionary tale that reminds us how enjoyable a true flop can be. Oh, I can't um, wait to see it. And it was by the same writer who did Locke. So. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. It's very bad. Right. It's very dumb. And I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, that is the end of part one of our awards special. Last year, we went like about 90 minutes. So we figured, mm, let's just build in, splitting it up in half. Um, so be sure to check in next week. We're going to hear about best TV, best cinematography, best visual effects, and best picture. Anybody, uh, anything you want to add in, throw in before we wrap this one up? Tune in next week for the conclusion. Mm -hmm. Follow our social media. The stars are out. The carpet is rolled. (laughs) We're going to learn what movies we hated or loved. Da-da-da-da. (laughs) Da-da-da-da. Being alive. (laughs) Being alive. Bye, guys. Bye. So long. Bye.